to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we have a treat for you, and it's because we are going to be doing another preview of LashCon 2020, but this is going to be a little bit different. Today, we are going to be doing a panel. Now, that was one of the big things that we took away from 2019 that I think that was really loved by most of the attendees, if not all, is that we actually brought together some of the best minds in our industry and got them on the stage and got to pick their brains and ask them for their best advice on how to do certain things in the industry. It's a really nice way to get a collection of people to contribute versus just hearing one perspective. And so we're going to be doing that again this year. This year, I think we have four or five panels. Last year, we had four. And the panel you're going to get to hear today is called Life After Lashing. Because I know most of you probably aren't thinking you're going to be doing lashes for 30 or 40 years. You're thinking, I love lashing, but I want to do more than just lashing. And that's what this panel is all about. These Everyone on the panel were people who have started at least some other business or have evolved their business out of lashes into something more. So it's going to be hopefully very insightful, encouraging, and hopefully inspirational. Hopefully you're going to walk away from this because I know I talked to a few people after the con and they shared, you know what, this is what got them to think, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to finally stop just doing lashes. I'm going to start doing that side gig. But they understand it's going to come at a price. It's not going to be easy. You're not going to just waltz in and just do it with no problems. There's going to be ups and downs and all that. And I think this panel is going to give you a little sneak peek of kind of the struggles and some of the failures that they went through when they started doing a second business because that's really what our industry is even more about now with COVID-19 going on. This panel is almost like predicting the future. Like, know what, guys? We're not all going to be able to do lashes 100% of the time. So some of us need to start moving to products, training, maybe mentoring, or finding other passions you can combine. As I've shared in the past with me, I got to combine my passion for doing live events with lashing. I love the beauty world, but I also have done live events all my life. And so that's why LashCon exists, because I combined two of my passions. So for you, hopefully you will find what you know, a little inspiration, a little encouragement. So if you've been sitting on the fence, like maybe, I don't know if I should do that next thing. Hopefully this is going to push you over and get you into it. Just two quick announcements as we've been doing on all these. As you know, virtual last conference is coming up on November 15th, 16th. Right now, you just have a couple more days when this comes out to get your tickets before the prices go up. Again, the final price increase from 209 to 249 So you do not want to wait. You want to get your tickets this week at the best price possible. And even at 249 I will say, it's still still. Because the type of co- topics, the type of content you're going to get, it's not going to just be a series of videos you have to watch. We're going to have live Q&As. We're going to have a virtual party. We're all going to hang out and watch videos and give out prizes. We're going to have sponsors going online and being there live online so you can interact, meet with them, watch videos that they submit to so you can learn about their best practices and their products and their services. It's going to be a lot more interactive. It's going to be a chance for you with this app to meet each other. And there's going to be a wall where you can post photos and stuff like that. And we're going to give away there's going to be an in-house app game where we're going to give away prizes even with that. We have a lot of prizes, guys. I mean, our sponsors have been extremely generous giving us gift cards, free trainings, product giveaways like lash lift kits and lash kits and all this stuff, guys. So you don't want to come to this conference like after the fact. Don't think, well, I'll just catch up eventually. No, you want to be there. Block out the 15th and 16th. It's eight hours, seven, eight hours each day. Just sit down. We have lots of breaks in there, lots of chance for you to get away, eat, drink, and you know, go to the bathroom and all that. It's not going to be like doing lashes for eight hours a day. And so you're going to have that time to take care of yourself and have a lot of fun. So sign up today. And of course, guys, we still are looking for guest announcers. 
If you love this show, we want to have you on our show. And so go ahead into the show notes, read that script, submit video or audio, and send to paul at lastcastpodcast.com. Oh, by the way, if you want to buy tickets for LastCon, go to lastconference.com or just go to our Instagram page and go to the link in the bio. All right, that's everything I have for you today. This panel, guys, I hope you get a lot out of it. So enjoy it. Life after lashing. for what I hope will be a very inspiring and very exciting class about life after lashing. I'm not necessarily saying you have to quit lashing, but I know a bunch of you have been probably doing this for more than a few years in your life, and you might be thinking, can I really do lashes for 30, 40 more years? I don't know if I physically or mentally am ready to do that. So there are other alternatives out there. And I think Courtney, in her video on yesterday, she kind of gave you a little preview saying, you can take what your giftings are, your talents, and love for lashing, and maybe find a way to combine them. And everyone on the stage here has done that in one way or another. Some are doing traditional working in training. Some are traditional doing, like, also doing products. But then we also have a couple people up here who are doing not traditional stuff that are a little bit different, unique type of ideas. We just want to talk about a little bit about their experience and why they did it, some of the struggles. And hopefully when you walk out of here, maybe you'll be a little bit inspired to think, you know what, maybe I can somehow mesh bowling and lashes. That's, I used to, yeah, I wanted to be a pro bowler when I was like eight years old. So that's what I've always wanted. Somehow I've been touched. We're going to get bowling involved somehow. It'll be like a bowling and a salon. It'll be awesome. But so hopefully you guys will get something out of this where you can take it. Because there really are ways to combine your passions. I mean, just a side note about me. My background, I worked in film for 15 years. I love producing events, projects. Guess what I'm doing right now? I'm producing an event. That's why I, I, we're doing this. So I took one of my passions, which is events, planning, producing, that, and took lashes and combined them. So you can find your passion and find unique ways to combine those two things. So anyhow, real quick, we're going to get to know our panel here. They're going to share a little bit about themselves. Nothing too long, guys. We're going to keep it, you know, just who you are, maybe why you do what you do, and something unique about yourself, or maybe something unique about your business that you're really proud of. So we'll start with Melina here, who you already heard speak on stage once. Actually, I think everyone here, except for Katie. Katie's a newcomer here. All right, so anyhow, go ahead, Melina. Is it on? Hello? Yep. Okay, talk close. Okay. Hi. Hey. <laughs> I haven't really prepared anything, so um, let's see. I've been lashing for six years. Before that, I was a bodybuilder and really loved the body. So when I started lashing, I told you guys that I have a short leg. I had scoliosis, major issues. And so that just led me down the path of learning how to take care of my body and take care of myself. And it's my true passion. I absolutely love it so much. I patented the lash wrap and started that just a few months after learning to lash. And so that's been an experience. And then... When I first started that, I was not thinking at all that it would turn into Lash Happy and the Lash Happy Academy. So that really popped into my head just two years ago. And it's really super exciting because it's a new thing. And it's just, it's fun. Like, the world is open. Yeah. So that's a little bit about me. And I played the tuba in high school. That's a funny thing. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am well, Jamie Butler, but you probably know me as Lash Base Jamie. Is that and your first name, Lash Base now? Lash Base Jamie. I, yeah. I ask people, when they speak to you, they, they say, so, 
Liverpool. I've been watching yeah, you all, I, all weekend. I know. And we've been, we've been I like doing this, by the way. This is one of the things I, I like putting my feet over the edge just to make people nervous. Anyhow. Anyway, so, yeah, um, I feel a little out of place amongst these people so far because I fell into the job that I do for Lashbase. Um, we are, we've been around for 10 years now. My mum started the business, and um, I know we've been talking about having a plan. Everybody has to have a plan of knowing what you're doing. Lashbase had zero plan when we started. <laughs> My mum was uh, raised us, raised her kids, and as soon as we had all left the house, she was sat at home going... Well, now what do I do? I need something to do. So she, she qualified in massage, nails, brows, and then she did lashing. Um, and as soon as she found lashing, she's like, I really like this. I'm going to do it. Same 10 years ago, there was so much shit around. There were terrible products. And it was very cliche. It got to the stage where she was like, there must be a cheaper and better way, better products out there. Much like what you two guys were just talking about, she couldn't run her business paying twenty, thirty dollars for a tray of lashes, and make any. And in her mind, was pocket money, bit of money, so she could maybe do a little bit of shopping. So she sourced it. I think it was like Alibaba. She went to um, and went through that whole process, and then it sort of, still with no plan, it, people started saying, "But where do you get your lashes from then?" Oh, I, I can get you some if you want. And, it, and then still no plan, and it just it started growing, it growing. Um, my dad at the time, not now, because he's 10 years older and he's sort of like in the background, but my dad at the time happened to know everything about Google SEO. So what that meant was you had my mum with products that were good and slightly cheaper than the really expensive competition, and my dad that had managed to build a website that looked horrendous, it was horrible. However, if you searched anything Lash-related on Google in the UK, Lash-based would come up. So it grew, it was out of control. Um, and it all started with my mum saying, Jamie, I really need some help with my Facebook page. Can you come and work for Lash-based? And then that is how I found my passion and that is how I started my job. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I think there's a lot of people fall into their thing. The secret is like you just have this perfect game plan, and I rarely meet people like, oh, I knew exactly how it was going to work out. It's like, nah, it just kind of evolved and things took off. We have business plans and plans and strategies now. Yeah. <laughs> now we're a proper business, but it's just one of those, if you're sat here now and you think, you know, I don't know what I want to do, and you're just going to fall into something, that's still okay. When you have a business that starts to grow then make a plan but if you don't have a plan now I just wanted to say it's completely okay we didn't have a plan but we have a plan now awesome all right hi I'm Lana founder of Lux Uncuts I've been lashing for about five years now and I got into lashing accidentally I don't think a lot of us grew up wanting to be lash artists so that was kind of my thing when we came across it in beauty school it was like loose lashes most of us wanted to throw our tweezers across the room you know no one really likes lashes the first time but for some reason I did and I fell in love with it and I didn't realize why until a couple months into it and it was because it combined all of my um, passions that I had growing up into one career. I grew up an artist. I was drawing, playing the piano, ukulele. Um, I loved beauty, <laughs> serving my community. And also my family had a background in the medical field. So I thought I'd pursue something within like plastic surgery or something. And obviously, if you think about it, lashes combines all of that. You have to have some type of sciencey background. You have to be an artist. 
we serve our community every day by empowering women, and then we have to have an eye for beauty and art. So that's what got me into lashes, um, as well as educating recently. So that's a little bit about yep. me. Awesome. Katie. Hi. Hi, everyone. Um, so my name is Katie Gross, which is actually on the back of everyone's hooded sweatshirt. So joke's on you. Your shirt says gross. Um, <laughs> so I'm the founder of The Lash Artist Box. I just want to start by asking a question. How many people subscribe to any kind of subscription box All service? Right. right? Birchbox, Ipsy. I even do HelloFresh, Sephora. I did too many at one point. I got in trouble. So... Um, a little about me is I've actually been in the industry since 2003 um, as a, a licensed hairstylist. And I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Is anybody Ooh. from Ohio? Oh, yeah, you oh, yeah. are. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's us and LeBron, I think. So I have been in the hair industry. My husband's job moved us to Nashville. And so I lost eight years of hair clientele, and it was really devastating. So I was fortunate enough, though, to work in a top 200 salon. So that's always been on my radar. Very well-oiled machine. And that's kind of how Paul got on my radar, too, when I saw the first lash-focused salon. So I got into lashes about 2014. And I just, I'm not an Instagrammer. I'm slowly learning. I took Jamie's class and Sheila's class now. It's just over my head. So I found that if you're not on Instagram and in all the Facebook groups, it's really hard to figure out what's changing and what the new upcoming products and companies are and, and conferences and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. I don't have the time. I'm married. I have two kids. I just opened a lash line a month ago, too. It's just, it's a lot. So I thought, what if we essentially put, um, build a subscription box for professional lash artists, only professionals, that's delivered quietly and conveniently to their home every other month so it doesn't get overwhelming, and it has different products in there. So who loved the swag bags? that came, that everybody got. So it's essentially a lash swag bag delivered quietly to your home every other month so you can try it out. And then you can use different coupon codes and figure out what companies you want to stick with. It just kind of builds a sense of community um, from there. So that's a little about me. Cool. Thank you, Mike. And you get two double mics, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm Shauna Jones. This is my husband, Mike Jones. <laughs> Something unique about Mike and I is we met on Match.com. Hey, we have two little babies at home, one and three, Olive and Baylor. I started lashing from home, extremely broke, like so broke as fuck. Uh, 2011, lashing from like home on my, like I was the worst lash artist, artist for years. And we have four salons now, three in Vegas, one in Arcadia, Scottsdale area. Um, we do lash supplies, we do lash classes. We just started like a lash Uber service. Um, and... I work with my husband, and it's so much fun when I don't want to light him on fire. But, yeah, it's fun. I don't even know how to add to that. That was, like, the worst segue. I got to say, say something amazing now. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Yeah, so if you guys don't know us, we're, we're Sassy Lashes or now House of Sassy in Las Vegas. I feel like I've gone horse from that last talk. We started this company literally out of the house with no money. Even our first salon, we opened on credit cards. With, we couldn't even, we didn't even have enough money to finish decorating the rooms. Um, today we're a $10 million a year company in four years. And um, I'm actually super, super excited to be here to be able to kind of give you guys some, some tips and tricks. I'm not saying our way is the right way. Some of you guys heard my talk just a little bit ago and you're thinking, man, those guys did things completely ass backwards. And that's fine. <laughs> but hopefully you can learn from our mistakes. 
All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to just go through and ask a bunch of questions and try to get into why you're doing this. All of you, in one way or another, are not just doing lashes. I mean, obviously, Jamie is probably the biggest exception, but he runs a co- works with a company with their family, and you guys do a lot of stuff. You do training, products, and all that. So we want to see kind of behind the scenes a little bit of what was behind the thinking, why you moved in that direction, and all that. So first off, I want to see is what, you know, each of you have multiple things going on. What was the biggest obstacle in getting kind of like that second thing going? Like you started actually, you know, doing lashes and then you added on training. And I know Jamie, your mom did, but she added on you guys and you guys expanded. And, and Katie, obviously you're doing now the box on top. So each of you has this and you're starting Lash Happy Club, all this stuff. So you guys all have these other side things going. It's not easy doing more than one project. Most of us like to just... It's easier when we can focus to do one, but you guys have decided to do things that are not easy, which is typical to entrepreneur. So maybe you can share a little bit about that. What's it been like for you? And if we can just, who wants to jump on the mic first? And you know, if you don't want to say something, you can pass and have someone else jump okay, in and I'll talk. Okay, I'll go. Yeah. I mean, hey. You guys have had your stage time. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I actually came up with the idea at the Chicago IBS show in 2018. So it was in April. And I took... Um, a fast track course just like y'all are doing here and I remember the guy saying like memberships and subscriptions are the way to go and and I was kind of in the process of putting together my salon and I thought okay I could do membership pricing for lash clients and stuff but it's not big enough and from talking to the vendors earlier that day down on the floor they're like it's so expensive to be here not this one this one's great but that one in Chicago was real I mean thousands and thousands of dollars to have a booth. It takes time away from their businesses. Y'all know too. And you have to pay staff when you're gone. Things can go crazy. And there's just so much commotion trying to get everybody over to their booth. And then to get them to purchase too and come back and repurchase once they're home. So I kind of combined the whole idea of the subscription and really kind of helping out, helping out the companies, which therefore helps out the lash artists. Um, so the box is priced at $47. It includes free shipping to U.S. subscribers, to U.S. residents, So and you get a $150 value. So it's kind of a win for the company because they get into the hands of their target market, and then you guys get to try it for like a fraction of the price and decide what you want to incorporate into your business. What's um, been, but let me just interrupt you. What's your biggest struggle, though? When, when you did yeah. that and you started doing I know you shared. A little bit. So the struggle was, it was kind of a brand new concept. So I went right to the source and found this subscription box school. Um, they took 50 of us out of, I think, like 300 people. And it was an eight-week course and taught us how to do everything. So I don't just jump into anything and hope for the best. It was very well thought out. And I think my husband, who's very type A, appreciated that. Mm. That's great. No, very good. Um, anyone else want to share maybe? Yeah, Jamie. Yeah, something that we struggle with. We're quite lucky at Lashbase where there's five of us. So we've got mum, dad, and three brothers that all have specialities in what we do. However, um, and I hate using this word, but the biggest struggle that we have with like Lashbase Limited, the UK company, Lashbase Inc., that's coming next year. Yeah, March, right? March, yeah, right. Yeah. We've got the keys to the warehouse and stuff like that. So that's all going to, that's, yeah, a lot of work. But it's the time. And I will only say that once. I hate saying time. The idea really is what we struggle with is priorities. Mm-hmm. So it's what, is, what are our priorities? Because if you write a list down and then try and mark them at what your top priorities are and get those ones done so, and delegate the rest, give it to somebody else. So if you're trying to start a side hustle, that's, there are some important things that you have to do. It's surprising how much time that you can get if you just adjust your priorities. So the struggles that we had were 
trying to understand what is a priority and what is not a priority because you'll find like and my mum is the worst for this she'll be downstairs packing orders in the warehouse and we'll be going but we need to place this order for our yeah. We're running out of stock. Stop packing orders downstairs. That's not a priority at the moment. We've got mm. staff that do that. So trying to manage priorities has definitely been a struggle. Yeah. By delegating, I'm guessing, right? When you start one person, learning to give away that control that people that you've entrusted is going to be a struggle, I would assume. Yeah. Well, Jamie's got... Yeah. Sorry, just quickly. Yeah, on that, learning to delegate. And that is the reason why my mum came to us because she said, look, I've got so much going on. I need to give this away to somebody that I trust. Yeah. I would rather get my family in than somebody I don't potentially trust. So it became easier yeah. where she could just delegate to family because she trusts us completely. So. Funny thing, I've, I've talked to a lot of business owners outside of this art industry about that. Almost, I think, more than half will say, yeah, my only person I could trust to do the books was a family member. Because they got, they got someone who wasn't a family member and they just exploited it. I mean, that's happened to us. We had someone embezzle a bunch of money over time because they... Well, we're just, they had the full kings or keys to the kingdom, right? So you got to get someone in there. Some not always the best way. You gotta... I just want to add something to time because I also think like time has been the biggest issue for me. I have three kids and um, I've made the choice that I'd like to stay home with them while they're little. And so I had to give up a lot. And I think you can all agree <laughs> that in any situation you're in, you give up a lot as an entrepreneur or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had to wake up at 6 and do appointments at 6 o'clock in the morning and not finish until midnight and then try to fit it in. So there was, like, no more Netflix binges. And <laughs> it really was just, okay, am I going to do this? And then just, like, your whole heart. And so for me, in order to make that sacrifice, it had to be something I truly believed in and, and had to be something that was absolutely my passion. So if you are thinking of something, make sure it's something that you feel like 15, 20 years down the road, you could be proud of it and proud of all the effort and sacrifice and time that you did put into it Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's just going to feel like really, really hard. Yeah. One thing as I was thinking, we'll want to get to this, because each of you have combined different things, but I think more so you than everyone is that you took two completely unrelated, right, things in some ways, like health, wellness, and all that, you bodybuilder, that background, and somehow find a way to fuse that in with lashes. And that sounds like with you, Katie, if I'm right, you more found, you're more analytical, like what would be a good process, where's the opportunity, and you found an opportunity, and you got trained, and you explored that, right? So I, all, I guess the question is, if there's some, if there is a question here, I'm more like making observations right now. For you guys, was this naturally the next step, like, well, we do lashes, and I'm going to do this, or was it you start thinking, brainstorming, trying to find out what would be that next thing, because it's not always going to be la- or training. It's not always me product. It may be something else. And maybe if you guys are thinking about something else already, maybe you can say, you know what? We're thinking one day I'd like to do this. I mean, you can share a preview of maybe something you guys are looking to do down the road without maybe giving away the farm. So anyhow, yeah. For me, it didn't necessarily happen overnight. Like I didn't think, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I do after lashing. It was kind of, I guess you could say a little bit of studying our market and what was going on and trying to find a way to better it and change it, which is how I came up with the artistry course. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit different than most courses where it's not just Mm -hmm. lashes. I was able to kind of combine like the Instagram portion and the business portion, which to me, when I was first learning lashes, it was just lashes. And I felt like, okay, I'm really good at doing lashes, but I don't know how to structure my business. I don't know how to price my services. And I realized that's what our industry needed at the time. And I think thankfully 
now we have a lot more courses that offer that. And with all of these new innovations, all we're doing is continuing to like elevate our industry and yeah. better our community. Yeah. So that's what I was looking for. Cool. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to add to that is I think that's like amazing. I think that we need to like kind of come together and just figure out the flaws in this industry as far as especially as education. So we're pretty raw about this, but you know, we're going against the state board right now because we're trying to take this all the way to legislation. I want to build accredited schools just for lashes. Like I think of course I think like the horse shit of you've got to like, you know, sack up and spend nine months, 12 months to get an esthetician, you know, wax buttholes just to do lashes. Like, I'm not really down with that. Like, if you're going to do lash extensions, I think it needs to be like a six month school. I will build that bitch. But I'm just saying, like, I think that if you're just thinking in the future and going through all the loopholes in this industry, I think you're going to just stay ahead of the game. And I think that you should never get comfortable. I don't care what your bank account looks like. And I'm going to drop the mic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will say this. When we first started to do this, we looked around. And we were like, what are the flaws out there right now? And so one of the biggest ones we saw, obviously, was the education. What was being taught were one-day courses where girls were getting certified. And then they'd come to work at our salon. They want to get a job. And they were gluing people's eyes shut. They didn't have any time doing models. They didn't know how to isolate. They didn't know how to do mega volume. They didn't know how to do anything. And so by accident, we created the class to kind of train our girls, but found out there was an entire market to start making this like a whole educational portion. You know what I mean? And then from that, we got sick of paying. You know, like Jamie was saying, we got sick of paying all that money for all those trays and lashes and tweezers and everything. So we came up with a product line just so we could increase our profits at the salon. We didn't know it ended up becoming a full another business entity. You know what I mean? That's how it, kind of like how it went from just being a lash lounge to being a product line, to being a training center, you know, to being all those things to diversify. And what's cool about our company is all of our things flow together. I said this last class, so if this is like repeat, I apologize. But if they come, they take one of our classes, they fall in love with the trainers, which are lash artists in our salon. So they become a client of my salon, and then they end up buying our products because they got behind our brand. So all three things we do flow together. And it all just started kind of by accident. It wasn't on purpose that we were trying to do it. We just fell into to being able to figure out like a new side hustle all from doing lashes can i just say one yeah. more thing about your question so you're going to be most successful when you are using your strengths your gifts and your talents mm -hmm. like for sure 100 percent. and each of us you can probably see like they have we all have our individual strengths and talents that are kind of shining in the area that you're good at so i would just suggest um if you've never heard of it read the book strengths finder it's awesome it's really what got me figuring out what my top five strengths were to be like oh yeah that's why i act the way i do and and i'm good at that so then you can just like focus on what you're good at instead of like the rudy story where he's like got so much heart but he has no talent for football <laughs> and you know it's a great story but imagine someone who had amazing talent for football with that same heart, how mm. much further they could go. It's like exponential growth. So find out what your strengths are and just rock them. Like really dial those in and then let other people do the, the other stuff that they're good at. And if you don't know, one of the things you do is just ask your friends, ask your family. I mean, just say, I need a brutal honest. Do you think I'm really good at that? Marketing, like, I'm, like, I'm like Jamie, do I understand Instagram? I'm like, no, dude, you're really bad at marketing. So maybe you should do something else. And it's like finding that strength 
and their passion. Right? You get those two things combined and magic happens and really cool stuff can come out of it. Now for you guys, what did you, did you, I'm sure you guys all make sacrifices. I know that. I mean, anytime you do more than just a basic business, it's going to come at a cost. What if you guys, aside from, I guess we were said time a little bit, but is there anything else that you feel like, I had to really give up some things I really love to be able to be able to make these other things and take off because it didn't happen in a 40-hour work week. I mean, I would say like, you know, I mean, some of us are, Oh, yeah, what's a 40-hour work week? <laughs> I would say, like, with me, like, I, I have babies at home. Like, I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So it, you have, like, the mommy guilt, you know what mm. I mean? It's like, you want to stay there, and, like, I'd love to just chill all day and watch Peppa Pig and just eat popcorn, you know? But, like, I look in the future, and, like, I don't want my kids to have to work 90 hours a week like Mike and I work. So the sacrifice of that has been like, you know, every day it's such a struggle and it's like, and thankfully we have, you know, people to take care of our kids that are just amazing, but it's still, you still have that guilt. That's a huge sacrifice. And I'm in business with my husband. So that's another sacrifice because we take our business home. So that's something we've been struggling with. You know what I mean? Like we used to have sex all the time and we would just be like, mm, day night. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, hurry, two seconds. All right, what, you know, like, it's yeah. like, so that's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's like once a month now. No, I'm, just, say, I don't yeah. believe so, I'm just saying, so, like, so, go, so with us, we're a couple. So like, in a way we've sacrificed our marriage. We still have an amazing marriage. Like I love my husband. We do have sex more than once a month, you know, blah, blah. but it's like, let's just talk know. about this a little bit more. I really want to know. <laughs> So yeah, so that's another sacrifice and that's like something we are still trying to balance. We have a happy marriage, but we do definitely take our business home. Yeah, maybe we can combine sex and lashing at some point. I don't know. There's, there are two passions. I'm good at this and I'm passionate about this. I'm not going to say which one. <laughs> you know. So um, for you guys, did any of you have a model that you followed or maybe someone that inspired you? Like, you know, I follow, I looked at this industry or I have these books I've read or these mentors or coaches or like, and you've been kind of modeling what you're doing after that. I just want to know if there, or you guys are just, you know, all just kind of make it up as you go. So, uh, yeah, I, when I, I thought I came up with the idea. I didn't. Louise Tierney in the UK had actually started doing it. So I reached out um, to her and said, what worked for you? What didn't? Um, why are you not doing it anymore? So she was a really good um, source for um, inspiration. And I learned a lot from her of what not to do. It's nice that she shared of? that. That's actually a lot of people be like, that's your problem. You go figure it out. That's really, really good for her. Yeah, she was the first. She's been doing it for a few years. Yeah, or and there's, like there's yeah. other ones, and they're fantastic too. Um, I think we're all slightly different. But yeah, I guess, you know, it's more idea, did she been a resource for you since too? Like, hey, if you have any questions, hit me up. I'll help you along the way and all that. And I think it, it kind of goes back to her point. Like, don't reinvent the wheel. Just take what maybe an idea somebody has and, and analyze it from every direction and figure out what are they doing that I can, like, do the same thing or make it better or slightly yeah. change and make it. I just feel like there's a lot of... Um, People, I'm sure you guys see it in your DMs on Instagram from the people from China. Like, hey, we, we sell, you know, tweezers oh, no. and you can start your own brand. <laughs> and then they'll come to me and be like, hey, I think I'm going to start my company. Can I get in your box? And, and I think that's great if you want to do it. But I would say do something different. What's going to be different about you? How can you make the industry better? Yeah. And find somebody that you like what they're doing and call them. Send them a message and use them as your source of inspiration. Yeah, I have like 100 Chinese friends now. It's really cool. <laughs> if you have WhatsApp, you get them in the middle of the day. WhatsApp just blowing up. Like, you're not selling me with your 80 photos of your salon or your lashes. It's not helping me. Hey, Jamie, how about... 
For me, I, I like to think I'm not easily influenced, but I clearly am. I think, and you, are, you said it in your presentation you've just done, um, I am a massive Gary V fan. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I think I used to be an arsehole. But after, find, after, like, I don't know how I came across his, his, any of his accounts or his videos, but I've started watching him, and it completely changed the way that I think, which then led me to finding, like, Seth Godin and yeah. Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. Anybody well, listen? They're the rock stars. Yeah. yeah, they're amazing. Like, all, all of these, and it, it changes the way you think, and then that changes the way you behave and how you run your business and then the aims that you have with that. Um, so that's, like, the big-scale sort of mentors that I have. But I find every single... And this is going to sound so like like I'm making this up. I'm not making this up. I find every single day someone that either motivates or inspires me or pushes me within our industry. So I was just sat listening to your presentation, and I want to go home and start working. Rather than now, I was thinking, these guys are good. They know what they're doing. They're so driven. They're so good. I need to go back and work. And I'm now fully motivated to go back because we're coming over here to America, and we've got... go toe-to-toe with you. And, then, <laughs> and at the minute, I'm thinking, shit. <laughs> a, yeah, so, monster, yeah, I find, yeah, I find my mentors, I find it in, in people like Milena, who have now used everything to do with who you are as a person and then created a business from that. So I think I find it in, in lots of people, which is why I know I message people, and I was, did my talk yesterday, and I said, oh, make sure you DM people all the time and tell them. But I genuinely do do that. I see someone that does something that I think is inspiring or motivating, and I'll just send them and I'll tell them. So I think, yeah, finding it in people that are close to you, it doesn't have to be a celebrity. It doesn't have to be someone that is a big, well-known person. You can have a mentor in someone that is just like you. I was just going to say, for me, that's really the name of the game. That's been the ultimate. And if I can just help people. And that, you know, that's like just part of my personality, I guess, Mm -hmm. just really wanting to make a difference and be able to increase people's happiness in any way that I can. And the best way I know how to do that is through, like, body health and making sure you're taking care of yourself. So, um, yeah, if you can find what it is that you want to do and then um, use that to make people happy, it works. Cool. I just, I'll add to that really quick. Like, with Mike and I, we did everything ass backwards. So we really didn't have, like, a business plan or anything. Like, we really have, like, just winged everything we've done. <laughs> We're kind of wingers, you know? Like, so... Wingers, uh, <laughs> There you go. So with that being said, like, I think that's why we're in this industry to kind of like give back because we have lost so much money and we have eaten so many shit sandwiches that I feel because when I started, I didn't have anybody and everybody wanted to hoard information and everything. So my like whole thing about it is like, we just want to be there for everybody to save you guys money, to give you guys like, you know, like the speed pass to just get to success because we were like, we're, and we're still, we're still like all over the place, but you know, we're doing it. So. All right, just going through trying to see with the time where we want to take this. I guess for you, what's, what's one part of this business thing you're doing that you really don't enjoy? It's like this is the part that's been, you know, because it's a struggle. You're, most of you are doing multiple jobs. What's something that you're like, I, if I could put table this or dish it out, I would in a heartbeat, but maybe finances or timing or training or expertise isn't there yet. Marketing. <laughs> Marketing? Marketing. It's Jamie's so right next to you. Yeah. Marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Let's work together. Let's work together. Yeah. Hire Jamie on. Marketing, man. It's yeah. all art. Yeah, no marketing, yeah. Just bouncing back onto your question about, like, what we sacrifice. I think yeah. that's something that I struggle with and wish I could do without, but it's totally necessary. I feel like we've all sacrificed a lot of time. I've, 
I specifically feel like I've sacrificed like my youth <laughs> since I've been doing this since I was 16. Like no mm-hmm. parties, no football games. Like I feel like I've sacrificed that, and that's been really hard. I've sacrificed like time with family, relationships with family, mm-hmm. money. I think for me personally, that's been the hardest part is all the sacrifice mm-hmm. that's involved. And I don't think a lot of us are aware of it until we're in it and we realize how much actually goes into yeah. what so, we do. So I think what's really interesting with that is everybody looks at you and thinks it's like, look, she's amazing, she's so successful, she's yeah. done this. But I know a little bit about your backstory and people don't know the shit that you've no. been yeah. through and you go through. They just look and you, they see the finished yeah. article, the people that are like, oh, look, they're amazing, look how easy they've got it, look how, how well they're doing, it's all fallen in place for them, but it doesn't just yeah. fall in place. I mean, you were given, like, less than a month, right, to pack up and get your uh, place to do your lashes Literally. with, like, no notice yeah. and a warning. I mean, it's just immense amount of stress at times and then having to sacrifice and find ways to make it work. And like you said, I know most people at 21 aren't doing what you're doing. I had no clue at 21 <laughs> what I was doing. And so I'm more credit to you to be able to do that. And I think that's Thank something you. that when you see someone on stage and you see someone speak and you see their Instagram, it's not usually by accident that they got to that point. They usually, behind the backstory is usually a lot of tears, a lot of long nights, a lot of lost sleep, a lot of financial losses, a lot of trouble, angst. It was never easy. It was never, it's no one's gone in the last business or any business and just had a cakewalk there. Even I'll say the Kardashians probably had a game plan. They had to do things to get to their weird place that they live in right now. So, um, but for each of these people, so just so you know, it's not going to be an easy road just to get to any of these things. You have to be willing to say, I want to do more than just work 40 hours a week. I want to do more than just watch Netflix at night. I need to be ready to sacrifice and give up a lot of something in my life to get that bigger dream, that bigger goal, to find that passion. I've literally lost half the hair on my head in the last two months. <laughs> and as a hairstylist, it kills me. So here's a little fun fact side story. I'm doing a pageant in April of next year. And so it's actually been really important to have long, thick hair. And with opening a lash salon in the midst of the subscription box growing, I've, and, and it was over-processed twice by um, some nice people. And so I've lost half of my hair, and that, that's really hard to get through. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I don't. I feel like that wouldn't be something fun to share on Instagram. But I think... You were saying, too, like, I think the more personal you are and the more that you show the behind the scenes of your businesses, the more successful mm-hmm. you'll be. Hopefully, I keep what I have now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say this. You know, everybody sees, like Jamie was saying, it's like the finished product. Like, they see you looking all calm and composed, like a, like a duck on water. You just see the water rolling off their back. You don't see their little legs underneath going a million miles an hour. And let me tell you something. We struggle daily with just wanting to go to work sometimes because there's so much... There's so many moving parts, you know what I mean? We have, it's like to motivate a staff, we have 125 people working for us to get people motivated to work, payroll swings, payroll taxes, workman's comp insurances, lawsuits, seeing your bank account swing two, $300,000 in a day, like just stuff like you can't even fathom. And it gets to a point where it's like, you feel like, who do I call for help? Who do I call for advice? In my circle of friends, it's like, hey, you, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I do. I do. You know what I mean? Like that's, I can't call the, hey, hey, I need some money. What do you need? A hundred bucks, bro? I need 50 grand for payroll. You know what I mean? Like there's daily stresses with this stuff that, that you know, people always see the finished product. Like you guys are killing it. You guys are goals. You guys are awesome. They, they, they tell you all that like fluff and bullshit. But at the end of the day, I would tell you guys like, if you don't have like a good support system, like at least 
I, I get to work with my wife, so she understands like what we're dealing with daily. If it was just her, if it was just me, I don't know if we would be where we are today because like you asked, like what was some of the biggest struggles and stuff? Like literally every possible facet of it, being out of stock on product, you know what I mean? Having the right people in place, having to worry about dealing with a Yelp review because one of your lash artists was selling Coke out of the front room. Like it's just oh, like, God. true story. Yeah. <laughs> Coke. Yeah. Not tap, tap, sniff. Wow. So I'm just, I'm just saying like everybody sees like, oh, they have an eight figure company. That's great. Like nobody sees like the other BS that comes with it. And I will tell you guys this. I wished there was like a how to start a lash company for dummies book. So I could be like, oh, good. Chapter 13. <laughs> it all ends well. The end. Yeah. I like suck my thumb and go to bed, right? <laughs> I think as a lash brand, we have... Every single week, there is something going on that you think, this is it, this is the end. The business is, it's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's all going out. You'll go out a stock of some lashes, all of a sudden the lashes come in, you have a look at them, and like you were talking about, all of a sudden the curl's off. And where I have been, watched them being made, you can see how easy it is for these poor, like, they're like slaves, just working away for about 20 cents a day. And you can see how they can make, how they can make the mistakes, but... You're there demanding, yet we need our 50,000 trays and we need them right now. And they send them over and there's mistakes. And then we've got no lashes to sell to anyone because where we've got, say, we're sending out three, four, five hundred um, orders a day, you cannot check, if everyone's buying 10 trays of lashes, you can't no. check 10 trays of lashes times the 500 yeah. orders. You can't check that amount. Can't scale so, it, yeah. So they have quality control, but they only do it in batches. So you can go in, and this happens, and I'm sure this will happen for me when I go back to, back to work on Monday. You have, like got a to-do list i'm really fired up after listening to all these guys presentations i'll go in and there'll be some fire that is nothing to do with anything moving forward it's just all about stopping and that fire <laughs> and, and people look and go guys so easy this is why i think lots of people so if i just go back i think the way you explained it and why people should start a brand that is the reason However, I think people see starting a lash brand as the easy option because there you go, you just buy it in for one, two, three, four dollars and then you sell it twenty dollars. Simple. It's as easy as that, but it really isn't as easy as that. And then to try and manage and grow that. Mm -hmm. Very stressful. For me I started a brand new product, Lash Wrap, and so I remember like I was this is on the podcast. I, the Chicago show we went to, I was so nervous that people weren't going to like it. I stuck my head under the table and I was like, <gasps> like, what am I doing here? And so that getting over that hump of like, wow, this is really scary. And then getting to the point where now there's multiple companies copying my product, selling it for cheaper. And, and people saying, well, why, why is your product as, as expensive as it is when I can just get it over here? Well, you know, I'd like to say, well, I'm the first one, and I invented it, and yeah, no one cares. I spent $35,000 on a patent, but yeah. nobody cares. Yeah, and it's one of those things you just have to suck it up, and it's, it's all about how you respond to the things that happen to you. So my response was, well, bring it. I'll just come back with something even better, and we'll make the industry, you know, raise it up. So, like, yeah. it, it was my way. My response to that was just, okay, what can I do now that's just going to you know, one-up you back. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just all about your response. And is, are you going to let it get you down or just just be creative, figure out another way to use your strengths and be successful? I yeah. think that the perfect quote for that is your comeback. Like, how, how big is your comeback from that setback? 
I mean, we should write a book on this, but that's kind of how we are. And I think because Mike and I have gone through so many obstacles, like we're always prepared for war. You know what I mean? So it's like, even if we fall down, it's really hard in this industry. If like something happens, whatever it may be to the littlest thing, if it's just you to, if you're a big company, I think your comeback is like that much stronger. You know what I mean? So I think to always be on your toes in this industry, especially like, you know, as big as you get, you're going to have a fat bullseye on you. So I think just always to be prepared, you definitely have to have that personality to always want to move forward, even when you internally feel like you're going to die like I do. So yeah. (laughs) And just to piggyback on that idea too, there's a really great book called Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. And it's a faith-based book. It's fantastic. Um, But he has a quote in there, and I'm not going to get it right, but it's kind of piggybacking on that where he says, anything that happens to you, you are responsible for what happens next. So you are response-able. And it's how you react to that. You can either see it as the the world is coming to get me, and what was me, and why am I everything negative? Look at the common denominator, and maybe it's you. Maybe it's me. And and it's your choice whether you want to do something positive about it or just sit in the stitch. And I promise you, if you see the positive and find a way to turn it around, you will succeed. One of the things I, I don't know if anyone has an answer for this uh, or will want to admit to it. Have any of you said, I have a new idea, and then it just, pfft, it just failed. Like, I started doing it. We got going. We maybe worked on the prototype of the service, whatever it is, and it just bombed, and you just pulled the, you know, pulled the plug and walked away and said, we won't be doing that one. And we're getting laughs from Sean. So I don't know. Just, that's, you, you've done that? Or... No, no. I mean, just Mike and I, like, we're always like, oh, my God, I have this idea. I have yeah. this idea. And, like, we just always kind of run with it. But, yeah. Like, Is it I'm a always... sex toy business? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, it no, should no, no, be. No, no. There's like a bunch of things. It we're could be a subscription on. box sex toy. <laughs> <set>. <laughs> uh, done. Check. Great idea. Yeah. What was the email for that? <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> so yeah, I, you know, if anyone wants to. Yeah, has anybody here heard of PNP nails? PNP nails. Put your hands up. Oh, we got one. Carrie knows about it. Well, I was going to say, I didn't think so, because it, uh, it failed. We started that, and we thought, yeah, we'll enter the last oh, really? like we completely separate business, PMP Nails. When was that? When did you guys start that? Um, that was, we attempted that two years ago. Oh, wow. Um, and we bought in a load of stock, acrylics, gels, and we still have a lot of it sat in the warehouse going off. <laughs> and we, yeah, we don't sell it anymore. <laughs> Didn't so work. it was the idea that you had lashes. You're like, let's just move into another field. Well, and yeah, we, we thought, well, like, we've, we've got this, la- the, 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 the lash game is going all right. We know what we're doing. We know how to scale this. We know how to grow it. Um, we're starting to understand more about, like, regulations and the compliance and all, these, all the cosmetic rules that you have to follow in the UK. Why can't we then duplicate that into, like, nails and then maybe waxing? So we had the big plan. We were tried to do it all ourselves. The branding was terrible. We were at first only selling it on Lash Base. So people were lash artists coming to us and the only people that would buy something would go, oh yeah, they, they do a bit of nail stuff. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, I need nail products. You wouldn't go to Lash Base for nail products. Yeah. So yeah, we, we failed with that one big time. And that's just part of the journey too. It's trying something, find what yeah. works and not, and that's okay. Failing is, you're going to learn through the failures just as much. So that's cool. Anyone else? Any other? No, if not, that's cool. But that was just one I thought would be interesting to see if anyone, only Jamie here has failed. So that's okay. 
I would say, I reckon everybody up here at this has probably failed more times yeah. than no, they won. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> my stuff. No, listen. No more Coke jokes. Okay. Listen, we're actually house cats. We're in bed by 9 o'clock. We have little kids. We watch Netflix and, like, really chill. Listen, our salons, when you come to Vegas and you see that Disneyland bullshit and the chandeliers and all the decorative stone, individual rooms and all the lash artists, like, everybody sees that stuff. And they're just like, wow. They must have just opened the doors and people are like, hey, lashes, and flocked in. Listen, we both had full-time jobs at the bank to keep the doors open on our salon for the first two years. It was not pure profit. We didn't make any money. Matter of fact, there was nothing in the world that made me literally want to go home and cry harder than when a lash artist would come up and go, see my paycheck? I made $1,500. i am like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> I can't pay the rent. You know what I mean? Cause I'm, and I'm like, all joking aside, I'll never forget, we worked like super hard this one month. We had a commission check for like, it was like $14,000 or $12,000. And at the time, we were so broke. Like, we were sharing a car with 150,000 miles on it. Like, we were just flat broke, power getting turned off. And this is a true story. This is like, this is epic failure. You want to know about failure? So we get this commission check, and Uncle Sam, yeah, from the bank, Uncle Sam takes four grand right away for taxes. So we got eight grand left over. We got to pay salon rent, pay for advertising, pay all the insurance, buy, you know, trays at 15 or 30 bucks a piece and glue and all that crap. When it was all said and done, we had no money. We had nothing out of that big check. That was just to cover our nuts. If we didn't have those full-time jobs at the bank, there would be no sassy lashes today. Like, there's anybody tells you, like, when you take a lash course, you're going to go out there and make a million dollars, you're going to clobber, you're going to be boss babe. Like, they're feeding you a bunch of crap. Nobody wants to tell you about the epic failures along the way, about the marketing stuff you tried that didn't work, mm -hmm. about the money you had to spend, about paying Uncle Sam, all that stuff. So, yes, we didn't have any other businesses that failed, but this thing would have been an epic failure had we not have worked so hard in other jobs to put money back into yeah. the company. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. One of the things, too, I wanted to see, and this is where we're maybe give, give away some ideas. One of the things I would love to see, and what we're we going to see, I feel like there's been evolutions in our industry. The beginning was this classic, and then the volume wave came. And now we're beginning to see, really, in this last couple of years, a whole push for education, training, like business, coaching. It's evolving. And we're seeing you know, new companies come out with clothing lines, and we have Lash Happy, and we have Lash Box, and all that stuff. Artist Box, sorry. And so it's all these new things that are just beginning. It's like this is the third wave now, I feel like, that's happening in our industry. And it's kind of exciting. And um, hopefully a lot of you guys in here have been, while we've been talking, and been brainstorming and thinking, but I thought it'd be a chance if you guys think there's, is there areas when you're looking at the field, you go, there's areas of opportunity in this industry that people, if they just took the jump, they, they could really kill it. And it's something that you're like, I know that's not for me, that's not my thing. And if you think about this industry, you maybe there's something you guys in mind, like, you know, if someone would just help our industry, this would be a huge opportunity for some person or people. So I just want to know if you guys have any ideas or opportunities you see in their industry that maybe could be exploited, not exploited, the bad word, but used to help our industry and grow it. It's all about the money. No, it's <laughs> But yeah, I just thought I'd throw it out there. This is kind of a weird question, so. I do have one, and I feel a bit guilty about talking about it because I was speaking to Carrie about something yesterday, and it's quite, it's really big in England, and it, apparently not so much here, and that is just short workshops, like training classes, short workshops on very specific things. Oh, yeah. Um, and in England, people are paying as much for these very short workshops as they would for a full 
training course, mm-hmm. and it is just like specifically one course was how to place the difference it makes when you place a fan under or on top or and why you should do that. Mm-hmm. And people were paying, they come, they have four hours of someone that knows what they're talking about going in that much detail about something so small and specific. And in England, it's starting to really explode with... Because it's endless. There are so many... How to correctly put your tape, how you can use your tape to manipulate the eyelid, how you can... People are doing back-to-basic stuff because there, there is some terrible, terrible training in which people... Lash artists go because they want to do nice lashes. They don't care about um, adhesive. They don't care about like, the science behind it. And why should they? They want to get into beauty and make people look good, but it's really important. So because there's been a load of training that's been so terrible, there are a lot of lash artists that do not understand humidity and temperature and how it affects your adhesive. So people are doing workshops that are specifically Mm -hmm. to tell you all about that. So people leave knowing everything about such a specific thing. Um, And I think people need to do more of it. I think it's an untapped market. Yeah. I want to add to that, if you love the body and you would like to talk to me later, come talk to me about being maybe a Lash Happy trainer and doing small workshops. And that's a whole huge world that we can open up together, hopefully. (laughs) Anyone else? I came up with an idea a few years ago and I didn't know what to do with it and I feel like I've finally been called to put it into action. So I created a platform called Powerfully Pretty. Um, so if everyone gets out their Instagram right now, can you follow the account so I get some <laughs> followers? It's called Powerfully Pretty. So where the whole idea came from is I was a solo artist for a long time and I decided to do something for charity and so I donated one tree for every single service I did that month so at the end of the month just by myself I was able to donate 150 trees and I'm like well that was fun that was like 150 trees in Denver great but I thought how cool would it be to have a platform where a lot of individual artists can go to collectively do something really truly amazing so that is um, the platform for Powerfully Pretty if anybody has ideas on how you want to piggy back on that please let me know because i want to do something really awesome cool all right yeah sean so mike and i are actually in the middle of making an app it's kind of like poshmark but it's for other lash artists to kind of like swap your tools out Hmm. um i think it would be like a great idea like just within your little lash community like whatever city you're in is to get with other lash artists and maybe like do that you know because i know what it's like especially when you first start you don't have a lot of money maybe just to get with other, other lash artists and buy you know exchange products or or mm-hmm. yeah, like a swap meet, like a lash swap meet. That's cool. That's really cool. One more, and I don't know if this does exist. Um, I've always thought that there needs to be a place where, because just a by way of showing show hands here, who buys their lash products from three or more lash brands? Wouldn't it be great if you could just buy from one website and fill your basket with all your favourites and pay one shipping fee, and then it all turns up? Yeah. So if is there a company that does that? What? I think, sure? I think she might do something similar. Yeah, but I think we were trying to figure that one out in England, and it's not going to be for us to do. So if anybody fin- fancies <laughs> trying to figure that one out, we've, well, we worked change, it right? where you could have affiliate yeah, yeah. links, With and then but change, it be shipped it. from different people. But the idea for it to be frictionless and best for the lash artist buying stuff, it needs to be able to be on a website, a couple of clicks, and you fill your basket with all your favorite brands, you click pay, and you pay one shipping fee, and then it yeah. all arrives up in one box. Like That'd a one-stop shop. Yeah. yeah. Lash shop. Lash stuff. Is that what lash stuff do? Lash stuff? No, 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 no. Lash stuff is not. 
I mean, there's Last Exchange. I know she has a store and she carries lots of brands, but it's one location and she'll ship, but it's not like a big corporation. It's <laughs> like a warehouse or something like that. Does it. Anyhow, anything else? Anyone else want to jump in? We only have a minute, but I was going to open it for a couple questions, so why don't we maybe go a couple of minutes over. Is anyone here aspiring to do something, maybe wants to run an idea by these guys, or not run an idea because you don't want to give it away maybe, but at least ask a question about that process. Anyone here? Any questions for our amazing panel? Yeah, over here. Cheryl? So you just want to know what the trends, the direction, what's the future for our industry? Okay, yeah, we'll do a quick one on that. Just kind of gives it a preview of what, you know, these guys think about this stuff, I'm sure, a lot. I'll just say that my hope is that all lash artists can lash happy and not be in pain. So yeah. I think that is definitely, absolutely doable. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I will say this. <clears throat> the lash industry is going through a revolutionary change right now because there are so many new innovators, new ideas, and people who are already pissed off the way things were who are looking to set the tone and make things different. Where do I see it going as a business? Let me tell you guys something. In 2008, when the housing market collapsed, a lot of people lost their homes, 401ks, everything. People dumped more money into the beauty industry because that's the only thing they had left to still feel good about themselves. Yep. So for anybody who's like, well, what are you going to do if we hit a recession? Their, the ability to always barter trade services will always be there. But number two, unless they prove lash extensions cause cancer, we're all good. <laughs> Which is, by the way, when we first started like 15 years ago, what if this causes cancer? I mean, it was like this crazy idea, but you're always afraid. But, oh, well, it's just, you know, sign I know. Anyone else? Any other thoughts on uh, the future? Well, there's what I would love if there was regulation. Um, I think there needs to be certain, a level of people that are allowed to do the job. There has to be like a, a bar that you have to pass. Even when it comes to the products, and it's um, something we champion in England, we're going to try and bring it over here, is we get all of our adhesive um, and the more cosmetic liquids made in the UK. Mm. Because everything's made so under such strict compliance yeah. regulations that, like for example, this is why I always say, that there's no such thing as faulty adhesive. When I say that, I'm talking about specifically our adhesive because it's as likely that our adhesive is faulty as it is a bottle of shampoo could be faulty. That's the way it's made. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of people can just easily buy a bottle of adhesive from China and knowing that we've, we've sent the Chinese bottles off for testing and the levels of the chemicals that are in there are not what it states on the MSDS sheets. Mm -hmm. The companies come to you and say, would you like us to change the ingredient? Or we have to change the, what it says the ingredient is because it's actually not allowed in your country. So we'll put a different name on it and then get it in and then you can have it. And there are people that are doing lashes using that sort of high-powered, dangerous product. So I'd like regulation on the products definitely, and regulation on the lash education yeah. as well. Actual salons and all that. All right, actually, time's out, so let's give a round of applause for all that, guys. Thank you so much.
wraps up this show. Thank you for tuning in. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and view, and go get your LashCon tickets today, guys. You don't want to pay an extra 40 bucks. And by the way, we still have a payment plan where you'll actually pay 50% down now and 50% after the conference is over. That's pretty, pretty amazing, guys. On behalf of my last baby testing, as well as the last con panel, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. <laughs>